Welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Shannon Neiman, pastor of Abundant Living Faith Center. We're continuing tonight in our series called No Longer. We're talking about fighting and overcoming fear in our lives. Amen. Last week, we started talking about the spiritual weapons that God has given us to overcome and to defeat fear. We understand that fear is a spiritual force. It is the opposing force of faith. It brings devastation to our lives, but we have also learned over the past few weeks that as children of God, we have been given dominion and authority and the power to resist fear and to live without it. Amen? So if you're taking notes tonight, we're going to continue talking about the weapons that God has given us to fight fear. The first weapon we're going to talk about tonight is that fear is destroyed by developing a habit of being hope conscious. Fear is destroyed in our lives when we live with a habit of being hope conscious. Have you ever taken the time to really focus on what God has done for you. Not just what you're believing that he will do. Not just what you're believing will change. But do you regularly pay attention and acknowledge what God has done? Think about that. Most people I talk to come up to me and they immediately start listing a list of all the things that they need for God to do. And if we're not careful, we can get so focused on what we need to happen that we don't acknowledge or pay attention to what God is doing. I can tell you that right now there are very specific things that I am believing for God to do in my life. But I can also tell you that if I get a pen and paper out and I make a list, there's a whole lot more that God has done for me than what I'm believing for him to do for me. But when you're in the midst and you need something, it's easy to forget about what God has done and to get focused on what we need. And when that happens, then we forget about the victories. And it's important to remember the victories because they encourage us. They strengthen our faith. Amen. You know, I've been believing, I was believing for some healing in my life. Physical healing. And it wasn't a big thing, but I was praying about it and I was believing about it. And I got to tell you, on Sunday, when those two couples came up to me and told me those stories, man, it just encouraged me. It rose up inside of me. And I got in my car and I was driving home and I was remembering time and time again when I personally have experienced God's healing hand in my life. You see, you've got to develop a habit of being hope conscious. You've got to make a positive list. You've got to have a list of the wins. Amen? If you're not careful, you'll take for granted the goodness of God in your life. You've got to be in the habit of recognizing his goodness, of paying attention to his goodness, 
of recognizing his provision and his grace. Why? Because when the need arises and the fear begins to come up, if you are living hope conscious, that hope will speak out and remind you, oh, hey, don't worry about that. God already did that once before. Don't worry about that. God took care of it the last time. Don't worry about that. You've got to have a habit. The dictionary describes a habit as an acquired behavior or a pattern regularly followed. Regularly followed. So I'm not talking about at Thanksgiving time we go around the table and we say, oh, I thank God. I'm thankful for the fact that my kids are okay. I'm thankful for that. You should be thanking God for your kids every single day. You should be looking at those kids and not seeing the weakness, but recognizing and thanking God for all of their strengths. You've got to have a hope-conscious attitude. You've got to have a hope-conscious mindset. Amen. Look, a negative attitude opens the door for fear. It focuses on the won'ts, the can'ts, the shouldn'ts, and the habits. But the life of faith focuses on the wills, the cans, and the shoulds, and the haves. You see, a life of faith is all about winning and possibilities. A life of fear expects to lose. A life of fear expects the worst. How many of you know those people? Look, I'm hoping that something will work out and maybe I'll get that house, but I'm not expecting it. Look, I'm hoping that maybe my boss will notice me and they'll consider giving me a raise, but I'm not expecting it. (laughs) A hope-conscious habit. A hope-conscious attitude walks into situations and says, the Bible says that God will give me the desires of my heart, so I believe that I will get noticed by my boss, and I thank God for favor, and I expect the raise. You see, you've got to live hope-conscious. Hebrews 6.18 says, lay hold of the hope set before us. Lay hold of it. Verse 19 says, this hope we have is an anchor of our soul, both sure and steadfast. So hope anchors us. It gives us stability. In the, when fear starts to shake, the hope holds us still. It gives us stability in the storm. Amen. The Message Bible describes hope as an unbreakable spiritual lifeline. An unbreakable spiritual lifeline. So one of the methods that we use to fight fear is that we develop a habit. It becomes our regular practice. It becomes our regular behavior to live hope conscious. Amen. Number five, the fifth tool that we use to fight fear is sometimes fear is destroyed by an act of your will. This is Charles Neiman teaching right here. Sometimes when fear begins to attack your life, you just have to choose to refuse it. You have to make up your mind that you are not going to give in to fear. 
Sometimes you literally have to just say, no, I'm not going there. And it has to be an act of your sovereign will. It has to just be a blatant, clear decision that you make. And you say, I'm not doing this. What is, what is our will? It's defined as a fixed or persistent intent or purpose. It is defined as a choice. One of the most powerful ways that you can fight fear in your life is you can just make a choice. You can just make a choice. And I'll tell you something. After serving God for a long, long time, there is something really powerful about getting to that moment where you just say, you know what, I am done with this. I choose to step away from that. I choose to say the fear is over. You know, the Bible says that he gives us choices, that he sets before us life and death, blessing and cursing, and then it says choose life. So we understand that there are moments in life where we have to make a conscious choice. That is what an act of your will is. Sometimes when you are walking into something, there is a choice of faith and there is a choice of fear. And sometimes that fear gets really, really loud and really, really overwhelming. And you literally have to go, no, I am not giving into that. I don't care what I feel. I don't care what I hear. I am making a sovereign choice of my will, and I choose faith. I choose faith. Sometimes it just has to come down to a little bit of grit. Sometimes you just have to make a choice. You've got to choose life. You've got to choose blessing. You've got to choose faith because fear leads to death. Fear leads to cursing. Faith leads to life. Faith leads to blessing. And God says, I have placed before you the choice. Faith, fear. Blessing, cursing. Life, death. What will you choose? Will you just make up your mind to fix yourself on faith, to have a persistent intent or purpose towards faith, to make that your choice? If you do, then you will overcome fear. Amen? Number six. Fear is destroyed through confession. This is going to be the majority of our lesson tonight. Fear is destroyed through confession. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Before we go any further, you must understand that there is a spiritual law. And that spiritual law involves the power of your words. Proverbs 18.21 sums it up. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So you can overcome fear through your words. You can overcome fear by speaking God's words. 
I'm going to have them put this verse up on the board, uh, on the screens. It says, it's Romans 10, 9. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Most of you have heard that verse. It's often used during altar calls. And we use it to say that if you will make a confession of Jesus, then you will be saved, meaning you will go to heaven, you will have eternal life. But that word saved there is actually the Greek word sozo. And that word means you will have complete salvation or a wholeness of spirit, soul, and body. So you see the salvation that we are talking about when we confess with our mouth the lordship of Jesus and we believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, then God says that you will have a complete salvation. You will have a wholeness of spirit, soul, and body. So it is more than just eternal life. It is a wholeness of spirit, soul, and body. If you keep reading verse 10, it says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So how do we get this wholeness of spirit, soul, and body? We get it through confession. We get salvation through confession. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So we are beginning to see here that God is instructing us and he is showing us the power of what we speak. It's through our confession that we bring out a wholeness of spirit, soul, and body. It is through our confession that we produce the manifestation of salvation in our life. If you continue reading in Romans 10 and you get down to verse 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That word, word right there is the Greek word rhema. And that word rhema means the spoken word. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the spoken word of God. So we understand then that faith is the opposing spiritual force of fear. And when fear attacks us, then we must resist it with faith. But when fear begins to rise up inside of us, a lot of times our faith is shaken. It becomes difficult to fight or we begin to get overwhelmed by the fear and we kind of go into a position of retreat and the fear begins to push us down and down. But the Bible says that my faith comes, my faith comes, my faith comes comes by hearing and hearing the spoken word of God. So how do I fight fear? I fight fear with the spoken word of God. So let me walk you through this for a minute. Where does fear usually begin? It usually begins as a thought in our mind. 
we experience a situation, something happens, we encounter something, and it's not necessarily that someone is literally physically tying us down or hurting us. It is the thoughts that come as a result of that situation that begin to produce fear. It's those moments when you're laying in bed and you're supposed to be asleep and your mind begins to race, right? And the thoughts begin to go. Well, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 tells us, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So fear usually begins whether as a response or whatever, but it begins in our mind. It's the loss of control of our mind. That's why 2 Timothy says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Because fear usually begins as a thought in our mind. But 2 Corinthians tells me that any thought that exalts itself against the knowledge or what the Word of God says is to be taken into captivity and submitted to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So then I understand that when I think a thought of fear, anything that involves fear is from the kingdom of darkness. It is not from the kingdom of God. Therefore, it is not lining up with God. Therefore, it needs to be taken into captivity. So when I think a thought of fear, then I must literally take that thought captive and I must submit it to the word of God. So how does that work? Look, (laughs) I am Rochelle Neiman's daughter. There is nothing I love more than going to the mall and shopping. I love it. I absolutely cannot stand trying on clothes. I really don't ever do it. I usually buy something and I take it home. And then I try it on. And when I try it on and it doesn't fit, what do I do? I take it back to the store and then I exchange it for what does fit. This is a really simple way of me to explain to you what I mean by taking every thought captive. You see, when a thought comes into your mind and it doesn't fit with what the Word of God says, you need to take that thought and you need to exchange it for what the Word of God says. So let me give you an example. When I have a thought And the teacher calls me and says, you know what, there's some issues with your kid and I'm concerned that something might be wrong with him. And then the thought of fear comes into my mind and says, oh no, what's wrong with my child? I understand that the word of God says that those child, my child was created in the image of God. The word of God also says that my child has the mind of Christ. The word of God also says that my child can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. So I understand that something being wrong with my child is not a thought from God. So I must then recognize that that thought is not from God. And I must take that thought captive and I must exchange it for what the word says. And And then, because I learned earlier that there is a spiritual law in the earth that says that um, I can have what I say, 
that death and life are in the power of the tongue, I must then take that thought and I must exchange it for the word, what the word says and then I must speak it out of my mouth. What the word says. So there might be something wrong with my, with my child. Out of my mouth does not come. Oh, no, there might be something wrong with my child. Out of my mouth comes. No, there is nothing wrong with my child because God said that my child is made in the image and likeness of him. My child has the mind of Christ, and my child can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When I go to the doctor and the doctor tells me that some sickness runs in my family and that I better be prepared to get sick because that runs in my family and the thoughts begin to race in my mind, oh my God, what if what happened to them happens to me? What if I carry those genes? I have to recognize that Jesus said he bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases. Therefore, what might happen to me is not a thought of God and I must take it captive and then I must speak God's word out of my mouth because death and life are in the power of my tongue. So nothing will come against my body. It doesn't matter what genes I come from. It doesn't matter what my family history says because Jesus bore my sicknesses. He carried my diseases and by his stripes I am healed. When fear begins to rise in your life, when your mind begins to race out of control, a lot of times it is really hard to believe the word of God. You see, I'm giving you scenarios that are kind of understandable. And I'm walking you through it. But there are those moments where literally the manifestation of the negative circumstance has already appeared. And it is very difficult to have faith. It is very difficult to confess the word in those moments. And you can almost feel hypocritical confessing the word in those moments. Because let's be honest, sometimes in those moments, it's really hard to believe the word of God. When you log on and your bank account is completely empty and your bills are due tomorrow, you can say, I believe God will supply all of my needs. But that is hard to believe because the reality is there's nothing in the bank account account. But you see, that's when we come back to an act of our will, a choice to obey God's word. And God's word told me in Romans 10 that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, hearing and hearing the spoken word of God. So even when I can't necessarily believe what I know that the word of God says, if I will open my mouth and I will begin to speak what the word of God says, then my faith will come, my faith will build. And the more and more your faith comes, the smaller and smaller the fear gets. The more and more you speak his word, the less and less the crazy thoughts will be. The more and more you 
you allow that spoken word to come out of you, the more and more you will believe. And before you know it, what you couldn't believe, but you did as an act of your will will begin to become relevant, will begin to become real in your life. And when it is real, then you will experience the manifestation of God's word. How do you fight depression? What is depression? It is an overwhelming fear. How do you fight it? Well, you do all the things that everyone tells you to do, but then you also write down all the verses in God's word that say God will give you a peace that passes all understanding. God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God is a good, good God, and every good and perfect thing comes from above, and his angels are with me, and his provision is with me, and he goes before me and prepares the way for me. He stands behind me at all times. So when depression begins to come on you like a heavy weight. You open your mouth and even though you don't feel it, even though you don't believe it, even though you can't find the strength to really have a faith, you begin to speak the spoken word of God. And as you speak it, your faith is coming. As it comes out of you, your faith will build. And as your faith builds, the fear will shrink. As your faith builds, the weight will begin to rise. And as that faith builds, the manifestation of God's word will become real in your life. You see, I don't think we teach about this enough in church. <laughs> oh, what you're talking about is crazy. No, it's not. Every single time that the voice of fear rises up in you, you speak out of your mouth the opposite. You speak out of your mouth what the word says. Oh, but Shannon, I can't do that to work. Oh, yes, you can. You can whisper it under your breath. You can say, excuse me, and go to the restroom. I will tell you right now that when my mom passed away, I battled fear, and it was like a war going on in my life. And I can tell you that I was in hotels at meetings with Joyce Myers and got up and excused myself and went to the bathroom and closed the door and stood there and talked to myself and told myself, God has not given me a spirit of fear. I will not be sad because this is the day that the Lord has made. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I will find joy again. I will rejoice again. I will not be depressed. I will not be afraid. And I would talk to myself. Sometimes I did that in the middle of the night. Sometimes I excused myself from a, a meeting. Sometimes I whispered it under my breath in a movie theater. It doesn't matter where you are. The spoken word of God will elicit your faith. The spoken word of God will cause your faith to rise up. And even though you may not feel it, even though it may seem impossible, even though the circumstances speak to the direct 
opposite. You have a choice to make as an act of your sovereign will to choose to open your mouth and to give life to the promises of God in your word, to take control of your mind, to submit your thoughts to the word of God, and then to give life to what the word says. And whatever you do, don't give life to the voice of fear. Look, you, you, can, you can feel fear. The devil can attack you with fear. It can come at you. It can overwhelm you. But whatever you do, don't speak it. You see, the Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. So when fear comes, faith comes out of our mouth. When fear rises up, faith comes out of our mouth. Why? Because I'm certainly not going to give life to death. I'm not going to give life to fear. I'm going to give life to the word of God, which produces God's kingdom. Amen. We're done. I'm going to give you one more point. You must understand that to fight fear in your life, you must recognize that you have to have an active faith. An active faith. You should be confessing the word of God over your life every single day. Why? Because the Bible says we fight the good fight of faith. James 2.20 says, but do you want to know that faith without works is dead? What is the works? The works is our believing and our speaking. Faith, when we believe it, when we give life to our faith, when we speak it, is alive. You must fight the good fight of faith and speak to fear and rebuke it. Amen. Did you learn some things tonight? Would you stand with me? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that lives are changed. I thank you that we know that we do not have to live with fear, that we can overcome. That your word says that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Father, I thank you for each person who is here tonight. I thank you that they are blessed coming in and blessed going out. Blessed in the city and blessed in the field and that everything that they set their hand to do will prosper. I declare a blessing of favor over each one of them as they go out this week that you will go before them. That you will prepare the way for them. That you will open the closed doors and that you will give them your supernatural grace in all things. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. For information on teaching material or questions about our church, please visit us at alfc.com.